um, by emailing us because, and you can also opt out of any communication from us because um, we don't want to. We don't want your dollars <laughs> if that's if that's the kind of bullshit you want. And I'm sure they have to legally um, protect themselves. I'm sure some some lawyer advised them to do that. Um, after which 30 days has passed, they'll probably have to promptly sue for the use of the name Blexit. So that way those people can't, the, the quote-unquote new Blexit associated with Candace, I don't remember her last name, Candace and Kanye, oh, and can't come to and properly gain from our use of the name Blexit. And they can be like, ah, 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 we gave refunds. See how that works, though. So. Shout out to their lawyer. Um, what's her name again, Candace? What? Candace Owens. Okay. Why does that sound like a basketball player's name? Is there a <laughs> in the WNBA named Candace Owens? I don't know why. I, I thought it was Owens, but I was afraid to call it because I was like, wait. I feel like that's a bad. Okay, anyway. Um, anyway, uh, so, yeah, Candace and Kanye have had a falling out. Kanye, again, temporarily under the second place by saying he feels like he was used. And he's going to distance himself from politics again. But what really irritates me about it is, and I wish he would have stood up in his wrongness and just shut the fuck up, is because he's caused all this confusion right before Election Day. Um, it's like you just came in and you fucked everything up. Like you, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's so frustrating dealing with him. Um but I guess the only person really got to deal with him is his wife. I couldn't do it, but whatever. Uh, so anyway, turns out designs were used on some T-shirts or paraphernalia without Kanye's permission. He didn't want nothing to do with it. He told Candace to take his name off of it. He felt used. Now Candace uh, is probably going to be left on the hook for and her organization are going to be uh, affiliated with uh, this lawsuit that I'm sure is, is soon to come because you use the name, you appropriate in the name. Right. Uh, that has nothing to do with, with what you're trying to do. The problem with okay. people like Candace Owens is that they think that they're so clever that if they think of something, no one else has thought of it. So they see, probably didn't even bother to go on the Internet for like 30 seconds and see who else might have that name. You know, because she just figures, oh. Search would have found that out. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't feel, I mean, if she gets sued, I, I don't feel, I mean, which she almost certainly will get sued, I don't feel bad for her at all because, you know, Candace Owens, now here's the thing, you know, her, Charlie Kirk was part of Turning Point USA. Uh, I remember I was watching uh, a little bit of Politicon, right? And Charlie Kirk, who runs Turning Point USA, he and Candace Owens work together, right? So Candace Owens is basically Charlie Kirk's beard, which basically means she, I mean, if Charlie Kirk went out there and told a whole bunch of black people, hey, you should leave the Democratic Party and join the Republicans, they'd be like, fuck out of here, man. But they figure coming from Candace Owens, who's a black woman, it would sound so much better, right? So he puts Candace Owens out there to do these conferences and telling people, and Charlie Kirk is in on the side of the stage like, huh, see, a black person said it, so you should do it. But um, Charlie Kirk was at Politicon, and he was there with, uh, he was uh, debating Hassan Piker, and you might know that name from the breakdown videos, him and Francis Maxwell, 
they make all these um, socially conscious videos on uh, Facebook. They're really good. You know, they're both part of uh, Young Turks. And um, to try and do a gotcha moment on Francis, I'm sorry, on Hassan Piker, he asked him how much money he makes with Young Turks. Now, Cenk Uger from Young Turks was in the audience. So Cenk Uger got up and asked Charlie Kirk about how much money he makes. And Charlie Kirk blew a gasket. And the reason why Charlie Kirk blew a gasket, because he knew where Cenk Uger was coming from. He was coming from, hey, listen, you guys are funded by billionaires. You understand? So, um, and that's the reason why I, I have to choose my words carefully, because Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens are whores. Because they do it, they don't do it for any sort of political agenda. They do it for the money. They do it because right. they're they do it because they're paid to, you know. And um, I I can't feel sorry for Candace Owens in her situation because she brought it on herself. Because you know, I I, I put it like this, you know, I can't even. Uh, I, it's hard to say, but I mean, you know, you call a woman a whore, that's trouble. Right. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure her right wing friends, which I'm using in air quotes, will not pay one red damn cent to help her get out of this ridiculous ass situation. Right. Right. Because she's she's an asset. But once an asset loses its value, it becomes worthless and they're not gonna spend money to fix it. I joke with people all the time on a job when they think that they're too you know, they think they're not you know, they're, they're indispensable. I was like, Michael Jackson was the biggest pop star on the planet, and even he got dropped from his label when he outlived his usefulness. So no one's indispensable, and Candace Owens is first on the chopping block. So you figure uh, Charlie Kirk will be more than happy to have Candace Owens stand in front of a bunch of black people and tell them that they're stupid for, for voting Democrat, but I agree with you. They're not going to help her in this mess. She's on her own. Because she didn't Google, she just, she didn't get on Google for five minutes to find out that Blexit was already taken. <laughs> you know, I um, I also finally got around to watching uh, Tales from the Hood too. I finally got around to watching that. Um, and I see why they saved the Emmett Till story for last. Yes. <laughs> because Candace Owens was whatever the guy's name was. Um, that was not honoring the ancestors. I just, I just wonder, like, what sense of, um, like, duty, like, do you not feel any sense of duty to, like, those who came before you? Do you feel disconnected from that? Do you feel anything at all? I always wonder for people like that that say, like, oh, well, yeah, like, I'm still doing it for the money, like, but that's looking out for self. Like, I thought we were in this together. I just, I wonder how people like at Thanksgiving. Like, if you if you go home for Thanksgiving, like, what does your family? Because I know we all have a shared black ass collective experience where we have these family moments, and I know your family looking at you crazy as fuck. I just wonder, like, what what do you say to people like that? Like, well, is there anything to say to people like that? What I don't know. Their only saving grace for people like that at Thanksgiving is that Golden Corral is open at Thanksgiving. Because I don't know very many tables that they'll be welcome to talking that dumb shit. And here, here's the problem with black Republicans, you know. I have an uncle 
Uncle Roy, I'm going to say his name. Fuck him. I don't give a shit. But um, he is, I don't, even, I don't even think he knows any political ideologies whatsoever. He just has to be on the opposite side of what you're on. So if yeah, black people are, if, if black not, people are Democrats, he has to be Republican just because it's, he's on the opposite side of it, you know. But there are a lot of people who really buy into that political ideology, but there's nothing, but the problem is there's nothing to debate. There's nothing to defend. You can't defend that stuff, you know. If you're purposely targeting minorities to take away their right to vote, how exactly do you defend that? So you can't come on someone's dinner table and try and defend that because you're going to get torched every time, you know. It's absolutely... It's ridiculous. It's not about the problem with politics is that politics is never personal. Every decision you make always affects a whole bunch of people. You understand? So if you vote, uh, if you vote for a candidate who wants to close a whole bunch of DMVs so that black people can't get uh, IDs to vote, right? That doesn't just affect you. That affects all the people who are going to have to uh, go way out of their way to get IDs to vote. Or if you vote for a candidate who decides, oh, um, I want to cut pre-existing conditions, that doesn't just affect you. That affects just about everybody with a pre-existing condition. And for some insurance companies, a baby, if a baby has diaper rash, they consider that to be a pre-existing condition. That is not an exaggeration. Okay. So that is true. This whole, uh, I mean, when people get on black Republicans, it's basically because, like you said, they're just not honoring their people. The Republican Party is against minorities. They're against anybody who's not them. So if you're going to be a Republican, you have to be, I mean, you can be a Republican. I can't stop you. I'm not going to do like drop squad and tie you up and beat your ass until you become a Democrat again. But you just have to suffer the consequences, which is my thing is like just don't be just don't be a poor Republican, <clears throat> and uh, that is definitely shade uh, directed at one of my mother's friends. Um, when I was like, I think his initial thought was like, oh, like these people know how to make money. These people know how to make money, keep money, grow money. But what you fail to realize is these people were born into money, so yes. their circumstance is not your circumstance at all. Um, and while I respect the fact that, you know, Oprah and all these celebrities have, like, come forward to, you know, and, like Rod and Kate for Stacey Abrams, um, I think before the next presidential election, I'm going to follow um, a book from Oprah's page and definitely register independent um, because that way I don't have to feel like I'm associated or – have an allegiance to any party. Now, for anybody listening out, out of state about going independent, like in North Carolina, we have the luxury of being independent because uh, even if you're independent, you are still allowed to vote in primaries, which is because uh, North Carolina has open primaries. So basically when I go to vote in the primary, I just have to, I use a different ballot, but I still get to vote. If you live in a state like New York, New York has closed primaries. So you can still vote in presidential elections, no problem. But in New York, if you're independent, you can't vote in the primaries unless, there's an, unless there is an independent uh, candidate. 
candidates. So, so, so you have to be. So, like I said, and for you, Odie, that's that's a non-issue because we have. Right, right, right. We in some states, well, we, you, got, you just got to be careful. Uh, well, on the brightest side of things, before I uh, let Mercedes take the reins, uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum, uh, you know, if Kanye really needs help, uh, I suggest that he takes notes from Don Lemon. Um, <laughs> Don Lemon is at least invited to Thanksgiving. We'll see how he does, you know, through the summer to see if he's invited to the actual cookout. But he'll certainly be invited to Thanksgiving um, because, you know, it is possible to come to another something place. Uh, we've seen Don be a little problematic on TV in the past, um, especially during the height of a lot of Black Lives Matter stuff. Uh, couldn't really tell which side of the bread was buttered on. And um, I know I didn't appreciate that. And I really haven't paid Don Lemon much mind since. But... He is treading this week for great news, in my opinion. He made sure that he doubled down on the fact that white men are the biggest terrorists in this in this country. Um, it's a homegrown issue, and the statistics don't lie about that. Well, it triggered a whole lot of white folks, and they're super pissed. Um, but the fact that he didn't back down from it is, is great. I mean, I feel like as someone who also was, you know, targeted, like his workplace was targeted as that, I'm sure that probably shook him up quite a bit for him to really, like, want to say that. And that's probably why there will be no repercussions for him from CNN. I don't see CNN firing him over this. Oh, because God. Of the, yeah, because of the fact that he was targeted and their company as a whole, like, you can't fire someone for stating facts. Um, right. So Kanye, don't lose hope. You can be invited back to the good food and the good eats and the black-ass experience. Um, just take a little from Donald Trump, but just don't wait to be threatened, threatened before you do it. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I go back and forth with Don Lemon because there are some times I'm like, oh, my God, it's fucking Don Lemon. And But lately, I mean, even before the whole uh, bomb thing, he has been, you know, kind of, uh, Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if CNN is just uh, loosening his reins or whatever it is, but. You know, there have been a few times that he's been talking lately, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I can get with that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, who knows? Like, maybe CNN was putting him in the chokehold. We don't know, because we all know that sometimes your employer makes you say and do things that you don't necessarily want to do, but you're just here so you won't get fined or fired. Um, so who knows? Maybe that's what was happening with him, and he feels more at ease. Which is, which is a good thing. Yeah. Person, person. Yeah, shout out to Don Lemon. Welcome back. And that's all I got. All right. Mercedes, uh, what you got for us? Yeah, I'm here. So I wanted to talk about um, the little girl. She's a 16-year-old little black girl named Treasure. She appeared on Dr. Phil last Thursday, and her whole entire argument was, was that she was white. She was Caucasian. It wasn't something that she felt or she wasn't trying to be, I guess, classify herself. She said she didn't, she didn't even feel transracial as everyone else was saying. She knows deep down inside that she's a white person. So Dr. Phil took her into a couple of different neighborhoods, um, I guess, to see what her reaction would be. And the problem where it stemmed from was that her mother told her that the man that raised her, which was a white man who unfortunately passed away, was her biological father. So 
she thought she was mixed at first. And um, so she goes on this rant about how black people are ratchet, black people are ghetto, they're trash. Uh, she had only about seven or eight things that she kept repeating, but basically she just wanted to disassociate herself in every way with black people. So Dr. Phil asked her, she, he was like, you know, well, your mom's black, she's African-American, your brother's African-American, and she was like, you know, I don't want to associate my family with those African-Americans. Like, I'm up here and they're down here, but not my family. And they also brought a black woman, a very successful black woman from Atlanta, onto the show to try to help her out. And she just snarled her nose at her or whatever else. There have been many cases like this. If anybody remembers Miss, uh, what is it, the Vicky, Wild Woe Vicky, whatever her name is, she was the total opposite. She denounced every part of being white, and she just knew deep down inside she was black. So I guess my question is, in this generation, do you think certain groups of people are denouncing who they are because of the way society is? Or do these people possibly, I would think it would be a mental disability, but possibly actually believe that they are who they say they are rather than who genetically they are? Like is it a fit-in or trying to fit in with everybody else because of the way black people are treated or versus the way white people are treated? Well, the treasurer's case, she was revealed to be a, a scammer. Like, her, her mama, the brother, basically was in on it on some, like, let's go to L.A. for TV. Um, in that case, I certainly would declare that <laughs> as a mental illness because, like, three of y'all dumbasses really thought that that was a good idea. Not only did you think it was a good idea to exploit yourself for fame, um, maybe they thought that she would go viral and be like the next passion outside girl or whatever, but the thing is, like, like you, you make yourself look dumb. And the crazy part is one of the things that they were, that the sister revealed who said, like, like this girl knew good and damn well who her dad was growing up, um, one of the things that she talked about was, um, how the producers didn't let her say the word retarded, but, you know, and they, they were on some, like, peachy shit there. But anytime she wanted to use the word nigger, it was allowed to freely flow. So, like, they didn't censor her there. So the producers are trash for this for this segment. Um, that's why I didn't want to talk. I didn't, I didn't talk about her last weekend because something told me, I was like, this is a fucking sham, and it's going to come out. And I would have wasted my time even addressing it. Right. But in short, that's what it. That's what happened this week. So I do think that you're you're definitely on to something. People are on to. I think. I think maybe it is an undiagnosed one. People that are so addicted to fame or the idea of fame that they're willing to do any and everything for it. I think that that might be a medical condition. Maybe it hasn't gotten a name for it yet, or maybe it has, and I'm just not aware of what it's called, um, but if that's the case, that's where that family falls into the spectrum of, of mental illness. Um, yeah, Dr. Phil even addressed the fact that um, the word retarded was a derogatory term, and she kept saying it. But then when she said Negroes, that wasn't bleep. When she said niggers, you know, they bleeped that part out. When she said Negroes, they let no, it be, about, you know, whatever. Like behind the scenes with the producers, like, because oh. like that. They prep you, and you have to. Um, and, and the only reason I know that is because I did appear on Judge Mathis, and the producer does talk to you over and over and over again to prep you. So this was like during the prep where they were censoring her um, and telling wow. her not to say that word. Um, 
but I see why people are skeptical of these types of shows because, you know, I get asked all the time, is it real? Yes, it was real. My case is real. Um, but, yeah, I can see why people don't believe it's real because they do dumb shit like this. Yeah, and I think, I don't even think the little Catch Me Outside girl, I think she, it was fake too. But, um. I definitely was, um, and, and actually, and that, 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 com- that actually speaks to that point because, uh, Dr. Phil was on the Breakfast Club earlier this week. One of the things he talked about with, uh, the Catch Me Outside girl in particular is like the next time he called himself trying to help and asked her to come back to the show, um, they didn't have an audience. And so when there was no audience, she was, they were on some, like, oh, well, it's not worth my time kind of thing. Like, well, are you here for help? Because the mom was like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. And so, again, like, do you want help or do you want attention? Because those are two different things. Now, and, um, let me and just touch one, Isn't that the girl that, that became a rapper? Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why Bad I baddie. Up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I tried to sophisticate it. I called a bad Bobby, but I guess it is baddie. I don't know. Whatever. But I don't know her name is bad baby, bad baddie. A hot mess. And, and, and it's funny because I was going to say, if, if Treasure, like, if all of a sudden she came out with a rap album, like, okay, that's why she was on Dr. Phil talking that dumb shit because she figured she'd get some exposure and then she could just cut her record, you know. You, you know the trap. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was about to say, she's not going to get the exposure, though, to the white girl's got. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, what, it doesn't work that way when you're black. It, that's not how that works. But I do know black Twitter uh, roasted the fuck out of her. I quite enjoyed some of the memes. Um, my favorite in particular was the one client on her teeth. Uh, <laughs> there was one where they showed the bat, the bat symbol and, like, all the gaps in her teeth. Yes. It, it looked just like that. That shit was hilarious. Uh, I mean, but she'll yeah, be a, she'll unfortunately, be a I laughed, too. Yeah, she'll be a distant memory in, like, two seconds. Her mom, they said her mom didn't even have custody of her. Damn. Her mom. That's what the sister said. Mom doesn't even have custody of her. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. She lost custody a little while back when they were struggling. Hmm. It's, I don't know. I mean, I'll put it like this. To me, what Treasure did is a mockery to people who really have those sorts of uh, disassociative disorders where they just feel that there's something that they're not. And I don't want to go into the whole transgender thing because that's a, to me that's a different matter altogether. But, I mean, there are some people who, you know, believe that they are something that they're not. And... um it's a real thing. So for her to try and do that for some sort of misguided cash grab, and I say misguided because how she gonna make money off of this? Oh, I'm I'm a girl who's black as the ace of spades, and I say I'm white, and niggas can go fuck themselves. So uh, how she gonna make money off of that? <laughs> I don't think they thought that all the way through. But well, um, I don't know if you guys um, on her YouTube, I read her comments. There are a lot of people that are siding with her. I don't know if they're doing it app like jokingly. But a lot of white people support what she's saying, even though we all now know it's a scam. But before that came out, everybody was like, oh, my God, you're so right. White is a superior race. I support anything you do. One well, lady was like, if you start to go fund me. What? They started to go fund me what? 
No, they just started GoFundMe. The, it was a particular comment, which it could have it could have been started by now. I'm not sure. This one white lady said that if if Treasure started to GoFundMe, she would fund her fund her um, I guess like her ability to travel around the country and spread what she's saying. Pretty much like, um, yeah. She said if she started one, this, this is what this is the support that she's receiving in her comments on YouTube. She yeah, right. started a whole YouTube channel. Yeah, so I'm just saying the point is some people do support what she's saying. Yeah. You know, um, Lyndon B. Johnson, and I had to look this up because I'm like, a president said this? But he actually did. He says if you convince the lowliest white man that they're better than the best black man, then they won't even notice when you're picking their pockets. As a matter of fact, if you give them someone to look down on, they'll empty out their pockets for you. And I think right. that, you know, and I, and, and I hadn't even thought of that angle of it. It's like, okay, she's trying to just distance herself from the black community, but who's she going to get to give her money? Racists. Racists love giving yep. money for dumb shit like that. Yeah, they will. So yep. may, maybe, she, maybe she would have a plan. Yeah, and, and, but once it comes out that quick that it was a scam, Kind of like that little loud Asian girl who used to do videos about being so rich and balling, but her mom was really doing the videos out of her her real estate company's houses. Yeah, they weren't house. rich. They were just, yeah, so pretty much that's exactly what it was. But she came out later after she got support from rappers and everything else. You know, she actually had like a following like for a, for a while. Yeah, this girl did. got exposed five days after the show. <laughs> You know, <laughs> my sister came right out like, you know, let me shut this shit down. My sister, my mama, and my brother are scam artists. So, yeah, she shut that all the way down, like all the way down. And, and she was showing um how um, some of those, like, dolls, because she said she would make her black doll slave. She was like, all the pictures of the dolls, because she's a doll collector, her mom took from her. And I guess, like, submitted to Dr. Phil or whatever. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know. It's just. That family was just weird. And the sisters shut that shit down. They didn't get to make any money off of it, anything. She made two YouTube videos and ain't nobody heard from that girl since. Wow. Yeah. I just think that there are, but there are people out there like that. Um, I don't know if you guys know the talk show, uh, Trisha. I think she, she has like a British accent. I don't know. If, I think she films here in the U.S. Yeah, though, but yeah, yeah. on her show, she had a girl on there one time. Mm-hmm. That same girl appeared on Tyra Banks a few years before that. These are, you know, older episodes, much older. And, um, <laughs> yeah, she had a blonde wig on her. And she said, I am not black. I don't associate with black people and everything else. And she was even doing skin lightning and shit like that. Now, hers, I feel like it was a real, a real, she really believed that she was, that black people were trash and she was better than black people when she was literally black, 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 black with a blonde wig on I really believe that hers was a mental issue, whereas these other people over here are trying to make money, and they still got shut all the way down by the sister. I don't know. You know what kills me? As they told this story, how could they not assume that some family member was not, like, wasn't going to tell the truth? Like, did you not, like, brief everybody first before you did this shit? Right. You just, just went on the show. Like, hey, we about to finesse, stop film, and get millions of dollars or whatever, you know, to just shut the hell up for, you know, three weeks or so. And then you can get on it too if you want to have like get paid for interviews or sell all the what have you. Exactly, and then the sister That's she was like, she, you know, she's very pro-black, so she wasn't for it anyway. She was like, she said, she said no, she said I'm no, I'm not for it. So I think that's why she came out and said everything. But and she even put up pictures as proof of that that was her family, and people were like, 
y'all let this girl come out three days after the show aired and just tell all the room, whatever little scam y'all had going. But I will say, for people who do have um, this, I would call it a disability, um, for black people, the image of beauty is mostly Europeanized anyway. Uh, the image of what's better is always white or light or pale. So for people who really have this problem, who is really a problem for, I can't, I can't say I can see why they'd have that problem. I, I think it's kind of messed up. But the way society, you know, appeals to those who are better than, lighter than, I could see why some, sort of see why somebody could venture in that direction because they probably feel rejected by society. But, again, I feel, I feel like it still runs deeper than that. I feel like it's a mental thing, and they need help. This little girl don't need help. She needs – no, her mama needs help. Let's get it right. Her mother needs help for putting that little 16-year-old girl up to that to begin with. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you mentioned about the whole thing about beauty being Europeanized. There, and forgive me in advance, but there is a, uh, a porn star. Her name is uh, Cecilia Lyon, and she's mixed race, so she's light-skinned. But she wears her natural hair, right? And I think, and I know it's porn, but I think her hair is her best feature. So she has brown hair, but it's naturally and it's curly, you know. And and I have a thing for black women with with their natural hair, you know. And I always said that out of anything that she could, you know, you know, these porn stars always do like the plastic surgery and stuff like that. And she's a she, yeah. she's a petite girl, so basically her, you know, doing plastic surgery would just look ridiculous on her. But I said if she ever came out and straightened her hair. I would stop watching. <laughs> and I know that seems ridiculous. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, I, I, I always, you know, I have friends who wear their natural hair, and I think, that, I think it looks fantastic. You know, when they go to the house, they go through the whole thing about straightening the hair and stuff like that, and it's just, uh, it's too much of a process to just, you know, try and be like everybody else. And I always say that if I have, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to have kids at this point in my life, but if I ever had kids and, you know, I would probably just try and two things I'd always do. Like if I had a boy and he wanted to play football, I'd say no. And if I had a girl and she wanted to get her hair straightened out, I'd be like, no, just wear your natural hair. It looks great. <laughs> I know that seems petty, but, you know. But you are right, though. I think it, it does, the whole Europeanizing uh, beauty standards, I think it does kind of affect black women in a way. And, um you know, just the whole thing all together. You guys remember Malcolm X, the movie with Denzel Washington? Yeah. yeah. Where he's in prison and, 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 and he's reading, uh, the, what was it, Brother Bain, had him read uh, the definition of white and the definition of black in the dictionary. Yeah. And how everything good was associated with being white and everything bad was associated with being black. You know? And to the point where he was like, well, who the hell wrote this shit? You know? But, um... I think that's a problem that people have. So I think there are people who out there who really do feel that anything associated with black people is trash. And even though they are black themselves, they want to be disassociated with it. And I think, and, and if that's who you are, then I can't do nothing for you, but don't get on Dr. Phil and act a fool. Because number one, you're probably going to get exposed. And number two, it's just not right. So. Exactly. And that's all I have for the day. Um, I had a, a little, and, and, and I will say this, I thought that this was a recent thing because I subscribed to a page called Hip Hop Universe, and a lot of times that they'll have, um, 
What will they have? Oh, yeah. They'll have, like, uh, old school versus new school. So they'll take old school artists and play them next to new school artists for a comparison. And sometimes they'll have commentary. And they had an artist on there named Joey Badass. Now, I thought that he said this recently because it was on one of the videos that they put out this month. But it was Joey Badass in an interview. By the way, but go ahead. Saying I that. Because I really do like his music, but go ahead. Well, it's about him saying that um, he would torch Tupac in a rap battle. And I'm like, and I'm like okay, here, here's my thing, okay? Every rapper says they're the best. No one listens to a rapper because he comes out in his rhymes and says, well, I'm like fifth best. <laughs> or, or I'm just okay. Rappers have been coming out with that bravado since rap has come out. There was one of a rap song from the 80s, uh, Rockin' on the Radio. I'm trying to remember the name of people who sing it. But the guy, um, one, of the, one of the lines that always stuck with me, he was like, I dated queens, I beat up kings, I got 20 gold chains and five gold rings. You know what I mean? The rap has always been about that from the start. That's nothing sure. new. And if you come out and say that you're the best and you rap as hard as you can, I have absolutely no issue with that. Whether you're Lil Wayne, whether you're E-40, whether you're uh, Ice Cube, it doesn't matter who you are. Saying that you're the best, that's fine. Because that's part of what rap is all about. You rap to be the best. You know? But if you come out and say that you're better than another rapper, right, that's dead. Like uh, Kodak Black said he's better than Tupac and Biggie. Well, that's easy for me to say. Easy for him to say because Kodak and because, uh, Biggie and Tupac are dead. And they've been dead for 20 They're years. They're not here to defend themselves. Right. Because you don't hear him saying, oh, I'm better than Jay-Z and Nas, because Jay-Z and Nas would torch them. You know? Jay-Z and Nas probably wouldn't care if Kodak Black said he was better than them. Because they'd just be like, just check my catalog and that's it. It's done. <laughs> but Just off the strength of Beyonce alone, he's not going to come to Jay. You might come from the but I'll straight for the answer. Nah, nobody and, wants more and, and, that's, and that's part of my point. The point is, they're not going after rappers that could just come out and just challenge them. They're going after right rappers that are dead. So I've been hearing a lot of these rappers say that they're better than Tupac, and I'm just like, yeah, but first of all, you're not. And not just because, I mean, I was never even that big of a Tupac fan. It's basically just because... um. His music is still better than yours. I mean, I actually think of rappers, though, honestly, like, I was just listening. It's funny because they played on the shade room after I caught it on MTV, like, early morning. Like, one day MTV was playing, like, really, really old videos, mm-hmm. and um, which is crazy to say because this video probably came out, like, the early 2000s. But um, it was a video of Ludacris um, and Mary J, the song that they had called Runaway Love. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, damn, we don't have nothing like this in 2018, like as far as valuable content or songs that mean anything. And I'm just like, hell, like Luda's still alive, but Luda was a, like, he was really, really good. And um, even as far as Ludacris is concerned, I'm sure he can handle those guys. Um, so you don't even have to go to people that are dead. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and my thing is, is, you know, you have people like um, Lil Zan saying that Tupac is boring. Yeah, okay. Talk from the guy who rhymes. 
like he's high on Oxycontin all the time. You got um, Kodak Black saying he's better than Tupac and Biggie. You got Joey Badass saying he would torch Tupac in a rap battle. That's very easy to say because Tupac is dead. He can't battle you. Or Lil Yachty saying that Biggie was overrated. You know? It's... My thing is this, with, with the, the new generation, and I wouldn't consider Joey Badass to be a mumble rapper by any means of the word, but you don't have to kiss the ring for, you know, the older rappers, but you've got to show a little bit of respect, you know. If you think they you paved the way for them. Yeah. They made sure, yeah, they opened the gates for them because, I mean, let's be real, if it wasn't for rappers like Pac and Biggie, and, and you don't even have to, the fact that they're dead isn't even the issue. Their music today still speaks for itself. I still ride the Biggie and Pac because their music was just great. They actually rapped about something. So yeah. these new school rappers are mostly trash. I like a little bit of Kodak Black every now and then when I'm feeling ratchet and I'm, you know, going right, out my right, with my right. girls or whatever. Yeah, but that's about it. <laughs> so I just, yeah. I got to talk a hood rap. And like, I just want to go out and do hood rap things at the club with my friends, and I got Kodak Black on. But if I'm just riding down the road or, you know, going to the beach or something, definitely Pop Biggie, even Will Smith, you know, those older rappers right. back in the day in the 90s, that's who I listen to. So these new school rappers cannot compete. I don't care what they say. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of uh, I don't think it's about the content that really bothers me with the new school rappers. I think it's just the level of skill. Because what they're talking about is not that much different than what they were than, than other cats are talking about, you know. It's not like Rakim didn't have giant gold chains, you know what I mean? It's not like all these rappers in the mid '90s and 2000s didn't have like all these gold teeth and all this other stuff. So it's not to me. It's not that. It's just it's just a level of skill. It's just not to me. It's just non-existent. And Joey Badass is a decent rapper. I mean, some of his early stuff was just like okay, whatever. And I heard him butchering a DJ Premier beat, and I'm just like, oh, God damn it, Premier, I know you got money. You don't have to make beats for this cat. <laughs> People pay good Man, money for your beat. <laughs> that's the same, same way I felt when, when, he, when he produced, um, what's the name, Group Home. No, well, see, the thing is, and, and, and I'm the minority on that, talk because I love Group Home. You know? You say you love Group Home? I love Group Home. And I, I think I still have their album, and... and a lot of people didn't really like group home like that, but I did. You know, I, I'm in the minority on that thing. <laughs> you take out DJ Premier, you take him out. Would you still listen to group home? I'd have, I'd have to hear it because <laughs> it's hard, it's hard to say. <laughs> Billy had that one album, right? No, I think they have two. Yeah, I think they have well, two. Well, well, I'll tell you what. I'll listen to the, the Premier didn't do the second one, right? No. Okay. Then I'll have to listen to it, and then I'll let you know. Like, like was it Premier or was it just them? You know? Because Premier hooked him up with some beats, man. He really did. Yeah, no, no, Premier. He's, he's, he's top three. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely top three. All right. So I, know, I feel like we've had this debate before, but if you ask to remind me where you all stand on relevancy of artists writing their own material. Rappers writing their own material. Let me clarify. I mean, well, Charles, what do you think? Because we hadn't heard from too much from you today. So what do you think about that before I jump well, in? Repeat that again. Sorry. Rappers, rappers who write their own shit. Like, I feel like we've had this debate before, but what's your stance 
and as far as like the legitimacy of the rapper, does that make them more legit, less legit, about the same delivery? I think to the purest, you know, people, people that that have a, you know, I, I guess a great knowledge of, of rap history, you know. I mean, nowadays it doesn't matter because you're you're underneath the label of an entertainer, an artist. Well, tell, well, you know, tell Nikki that, like, tell because I will say, like, I haven't really paid like a ton of attention to like the the Nikki and Cardi shit going on this week, the back and forth with that, but mm-hmm. I do remember seeing her say. Cardi was a fraud for not writing her own shit, but like, ma'am, you if you write your own stuff, you write China with China like five times. Like, that's not bars either. So maybe you should get some help if that's the kind of shit you're coming up with. I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, if you're the entertainer, if you can be, obviously, not everybody can do it. Not everybody has the package to deliver. So, like, you know, it's okay if you get a little help. Exactly. I mean, every artist get help. I mean, Biggie, Biggie at one point, he was getting help as well, right, as far as, like, just creative content. Well, creative content is something else altogether. I remember they were talking about 50 Cent, where 50 Cent, I mean, I don't think anybody really wrote for 50 Cent, but Jam Master J was a big mentor to 50 Cent and helped him learn how to uh, actually write an actual song, not write lyrics, but how to form those lyrics into an actual song. Yeah, exactly. Just so stuff like, like that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying so stuff like that to me is fine. I have no issue with that part of it. But as far as like writing the lyrics, it all depends on what kind of rapper you are. So if you're somebody like Kooji Rap, and I was listening to a song he did on um, Ghostface Killer's uh, compilation, uh, well, his uh, concept album, uh, Thirty Six Seasons, and he comes out, he was like a. Man, listen, I'm ambitious. I leave a man missing. Leave something ticking underneath this transmission, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know that, okay, that person's writing. And it may be a weak indicator of it. Like, if I found out that someone else wrote that for G-Rap, I'd be highly disappointed. But if you're, like, a party rapper like Iggy Azalea, I don't really give a shit if Iggy Azalea is writing her own raps or not because I don't really see her on that level of a lyricist. You know, to me, like lyricists like J. Cole and stuff like that, they usually just write their own rhymes, and that's the part of it that makes them what they are. If you're a party rapper, I don't really give a shit who's writing your rhymes. Well, it depends, basically. Yeah, yeah it's depends. I mean, you got to understand, like, Fat Joe himself, he admitted on tape that Big Pun helped him out as far as, like, structuring his rhyme. Yep. And like I said, the structure and stuff like that is fine, because if you listen to some older rappers and listen to some of their older stuff and listen to some of their newer stuff, and you could just tell their structure is a lot yeah. different. Somebody yeah, like totally Scarface. Different. Like, if you listen to Scarface's first album and listen to the, the last album he came out with, um, the structure is a lot different. It's a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. You know? So, to me, anyway. I mean, some people may, may disagree, but to me, it, it's, you know, as you get older and you hang out with rappers who got skills, and some of that skill will just kind of rub off on you, you know. Like that structure and that rhyme style may, uh, you know, it becomes infectious. I mean, you can't hang out with, with good rappers and still be garbage, because if you are, there's a problem with that. <laughs> right, right. I, I couldn't see me hanging out with LP and not be a good rapper after a while. Yeah. <laughs> But 
You know what? I, I think I could save. I, I think I could save the election stuff for election day. Um, well, you know, we got a show the day before election day. We're contemplating doing another show on election night, but it's going to be kind of a stretch because we got to find out where everybody is. Because I know some of us are volunteering, you know, stuff like that. So it's hard to say. But yeah, you know, I'm volunteering Monday. I'm volunteering Monday, so I'm, I'm volunteering. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't have a car. It's hard for me to get around. I should have done the text banking thing though. I do feel because that I could have done, and I think that's something I'm gonna be, I'm gonna pay more attention to next year. So um, and you know, I talk on the phone for a living, but I still have a trouble like calling up a stranger and being like, hey, uh, who are you voting for? I don't know. But the text banking I probably could have done. So I'll probably keep my my eye out for that next year or next election. If there's an offer for that, I'll, you know, I'll definitely get into that. So, but, um, Charles, you've been, you, I, I know, uh, basketball is your thing, right? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. What do you think about the whole beef between, uh, and, and I didn't realize it was such a long-standing beef between, uh, right, I, I found out it's not Rajon Rondo, it's Rajon, like, like rye bread. Rajon Rondo. I'm like, oh my damn, your name's stupid. Yeah, just keep it simple, just rah rah. That's it. But um, they had a they had a fight. Uh, I don't know if it was a preseason game or not. But um, I don't know if the Lakers should have gotten uh Rajon Rondo. Because he's just not like I could just see him and LeBron not getting along because he's just always been very, very stubborn, you know. Yeah, and I know. Stubborn, but at the, oh, no, no, go ahead. No, I know he's stubborn, but at the same time, he's a great playmaker. Like, it's just undeniable. I was I'm like, I'm trying to like go side by side. Like, I'm thinking of his greatness with the Celtics. Like, yeah, exactly. He has a chip. Yeah, he has a chip under his belt, and and he was he was the primary reason as to why they they received that chip. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, you already had like a Jason Whitlock, who I can't stand, saying that the Lakers are done, and I'm like, dude, it's the first week of November. The fuck are you talking about? There's an entire season to play. No one expects the Lakers to win a title this year. Because what's going to happen is they're going to catch the they got catch LeBron fever, and then they're going to get some good uh, free agents, and then they'll be all right, you know. Maybe get another get another good draft pick. They'll be okay, you know. It, it's not that big of a deal. It's it's the first week of November. It's November third for Christ's sakes. When did the season start? Like last week, officially. So. Like yeah. the preseason started early. Did the preseason start early? Is that what happened? Yeah, preseason starts early, and then um, I want to say what was it? It was October sixteenth. Yeah, it's the regular season. Starts early and then usual, but I guess whatever. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's it's way too early to tell, you know. Way too early. It, it's not. It, it's not that big a deal. But uh, but uh, but, I, I, but let, let me ask you. I, I know. I know. I'm jumping all over the place here. I know you got Red Dead Redemption two. What What do you think of it? Ah oh, man, that game. 
it's it's genius. It's genius. I mean, it's the the open world, the the characters. I mean, the the visuals. I mean, everything about that game is genius. The only thing, the only bad thing I would have to say about it is the pacing. You know, it's it's you know it's getting used to. It. It's nothing like GTA. It's you know it's 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 even slower than Red Dead Redemption, the the original one, the first one. Okay. And this is a, a prequel to to that particular version. Oh, okay. So you're yeah you're able to see the main character, the first one, which is John Morrison, at a younger age. You know because all your character right now, the protagonist, so. I think Arthur Martian, I think that's his name. He's mm-hmm. a part of Dutch crew as well. And the people played the first one. People know that Dutch was the main biz- villain in, in, uh, in the first Red Dead Redemption. But, yes, I mean, to me, so far, the, the game is great. I mean, there's a lot to do. It's insane. Um, some things they, they could have done without. Um, one thing is that you have to keep yourself pretty much you know, clean. <laughs> so you have to take baths every so often. Um, now, when you go into that sequence, you have to watch, like, every part of your body. And the way it plays out is that you're going to the bath, you go into the tub, and if you want to wash your arm, you have to press, like, the X button repeatedly okay. until you finish washing your arm. And the same thing with the other arm, your leg, and both legs, and your head Why as well. I said, I don't know. <laughs> like that's how that's how immersed the game is. You know, I mean stuff like that they could have done without, but I get it. You know, this it's a part of the whole experience. And to me, I mean, so far I like it. You know, you have to make sure that your horse is fed. You know, you could gain and lose weight. Your hair, your your facial hair grows automatically if you if you don't shave it. You're gonna have like a long ass beard. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> It's insane. So, so it's like it's like like GTA meets The Sims. <laughs> cool. That's what it seems right. like. That's what it seems like. <laughs> I, I, I I always figure, you know, for me, for a game like I mean, I'm not that big into westerns. I think the last western I actually watched was the remake of uh, Magnificent Seven, which I thought was excellent, by the way. But um. That's pretty good. I, I can never get into like a Western themed video game, but I know everybody I know that plays the Red Dead games that they love it. You know, they they love those games. So and and of course I don't I don't knock it because first of all that would be stupid of me, <laughs> but because um, I mean you know they they seem like really good games and I tried playing it. I forgot which one I played. I play. I rented one of them, and it was actually no. I don't know if I rented or if I watched you play one. I might have watched you play one. But I'm like, it looks like a very well-made game. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's the best-looking game so far. And it broke some sort of some sort of sales record. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Which would probably be. So you're not not getting it at all. Uh, I, 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 I may, because it's a prequel, I may rent it just to see what it's okay. all about. I don't know about the, now what happens if you don't bathe in the game? Uh, you just think, you, you start seeing like rashes and stuff appear on your face. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
How do you already know that, though? That's my question. <laughs> Why yeah, do I know that? Of that? <laughs> How do you already know that? Did the game just come out? You, you ain't been watching it in the game for like five days already? <laughs> Uh, to me, that sort of thing just kind of slows the game down. And so it's like you're getting ready to do this big gun battle. Oh, wait. Sorry, boys. Got to bathe. Can we do this tomorrow? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cause you just yeah, want, I definitely recommend it. You, you just want to get out there and play. You know, you want to have to stop the bathe or stop the workout and stuff like that. So I, I, I will say so, this for for me. I know I'm jumping all over the place. I apologize. My friends also, they also do a horror movie marathon. I did mine. I, I came up, I didn't have a goal. I just figured I'd watch as many movies as, horror movies as I can from the 1st of November. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The 1st of September until Halloween, right? So, and then I kept them on the spreadsheet so I don't repeat them. I watched 58 horror movies. My friends, uh, they also do a similar marathon. They, they got in 70 movies. And the last movie on their list was uh, Rosemary's Baby. That was the last movie on, on their list. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. The last movies on my list, I, it was a triple feature that got me up to 58. It was uh, Death Dream, a horror movie from the 70s, in which uh, a young man gets killed in Vietnam. But because of his mother's prayers, he ends up coming back. But he comes back as a uh, kind of like a ghoul who needs blood to live, and it's not all. It, it doesn't have a big body count, but it's more interesting as to how his behavior affects his family. So that that part kept it interesting, even though for a movie that didn't have a big body count. And then I watched the two thing movies, so the prequel, the 2011 prequel, and then the. Um, the 1982 movie with uh, Kurt Russell. And I will say, for the thing, the 2011 version, there were still some parts that still creeped me out. A lot of it was, they were, I think there were some practical effects, but a lot, but some of it was like CG. And the CG stuff, even though it only came out in 2011, didn't really hold up that much. But uh, the thing that came out in 1982 was all practical effects. And to sure. me... It still holds. It's still creepy after all these years, you know. So that that was the last movie I watched, and um, I had some that I didn't get a chance to watch in the marathon that I may watch anyway. Like I've I'd never seen the remake of The Fly, and I was gonna have a David Cronenberg double feature. I was gonna watch The Brood and then The Fly back to back. So I have them. I have a remake of of The Fly. Well, it came out in. It came out in the 80s, though. It had uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum, yeah. And it was oh, really... Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, I got it you. It was extra. Okay. It, was, it, it was like sci-fi gory. Because if you remember the old version with Vincent Price, right? When the guy gets yeah. turned to the fly, it was more of like a mystery thing because he kept his head and his right, hand right, right. Like, hidden until the end. This one, it's like you kind of see the slow descent of Jeff Goldblum as, he, as he's slowly transforming. Of him right, just right. descending into madness. And Jeff Goldblum, you know, from, from the clips that I saw, he played it great. So mm-hmm. I, I still may have my Cronenberg double feature this weekend. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But David Cronenberg is a director. 
he basically does not believe in the supernatural. So all the movies that he does is basically based on science. He's practically a scientist. So, um, and his movies, he doesn't really believe in happy endings in movies. <laughs> not at all. So, but the, I do want to see uh, Suspiria. I didn't get a chance to watch Suspiria in my horror movie marathon because I missed a lot of days. Uh, some days I just wasn't feeling well enough to watch a whole movie. And then, of course, with, with, with having two hurricanes, all those blackouts. I remember. <laughs> so there was one point where I didn't have electricity for like three days. So um, that was that. But um, so like I said, I missed a lot of movies. But um, I do want to go see uh, Suspiria when it comes out. And because um, I have the original. And the original was basically about a, uh, a, an American woman who goes to, was it Paris? I forget where she goes. But she's in Europe. And she's working for a, a dance studio. But she doesn't know that this dance studio is, is literally run by witches. So... Um, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm skeptical. No, well, you should watch it. You know what I'll do? I'll put it in the. Um, like I said, I already have a copy of it ripped. I'll just put it in the okay. uh, in the drop folder, and then you, you can check it out. Okay. Yeah, I'm always skeptical about witches. <laughs> hey, except for the craft, that's like probably the only exception to that one. But you know, I like that movie, and and I know, uh, Feruza Balk. The the, I she guess was she was the bad witch. Yeah, she was the bad witch in that one. Oh no, yeah. she always looks creepy, but I think I still think she's kind of hot. I don't know what it is about her. Yeah, no comment there. No comment there. But I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't. Everybody always has like that guilty pleasure person, where it's like you may think she's hot, and everybody's like, true. Really? True. I'm not telling y'all who mine is, but I definitely have one of those. Oh, you know what? Now, now we have to. Be. Nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. We absolutely have to but know. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you would, I'll tell y'all offline. You wouldn't see him coming a mile away, though. Oh, like, okay. you wouldn't, you wouldn't see me picking him from a mile away. Oh, okay. <laughs> have you guys checked out Halloween? Not I, no I had a good Did laugh. I had a oh, good laugh. Funny. Uh, <laughs> the black kid in there was hilarious. I didn't see it. No, but no, the, the black kid in there was good. hilarious. I, that's uh, what I was waiting for the whole time. I was like, when is this black kid going to make an appearance? Because Twitter kind of blew, like, blew the story for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was hilarious. It was uh, definitely it was hilarious. Really scary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they did a, like, I think they did a poor job, too, of, like, trying to fill the generational gaps of, like, what happened to Jamie Lee Curtis and all the years since? Well, it, it would have been easy because, I mean, it was, it's written by the same two people, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, who wrote the original. And um, they decided, okay, we can't use Halloween 2 because technically in Halloween 2, Michael Myers and Loomis were supposed to die, Right. The only reason why they came back for Halloween 4 is because when, when they went to go to the anthology route, it was panned by audiences because they wanted to see more Michael Myers. I don't know how they wanted to see more Michael Myers because he was obviously dead at the end of Halloween 2. I mean, you see, his, you see him come out of a burning room engulfed in flames and then just 
fall down and just burn. I mean, there was no way he should have gotten out of that, especially Loomis. I mean, Loomis should have been dead instantly. But they liked it, you know, they liked Michael Myers so much that they had to force his comeback. So John Carpenter... I did appreciate how they... Um, I was just going to say, too, like, without giving any of it away, they did actually manage to age Michael Myers. Even though, like, mm. you never saw his face, of course, but they did, you could see that he was aged. So that was kind of okay. interesting, too. Okay. Mm. Because it takes place, what, 40 years after the original? Technically, yeah. actually 40 years. And um, it takes place directly after Halloween 1. So Halloween 2 and all the other Halloweens, in this case, don't exist. And this takes place after the first Halloween, which I thought, I was, which, which I thought was pretty good. So, you know, trying to fill 40 years of a backstory is hard. <laughs> it's very, very hard. It's not, it's, Michael, I don't think it's meant to, honestly. I think it's really just meant for the new generation to enjoy. That's why, to me, it was funny. It wasn't yeah, for us. Yeah. And Michael Myers, he's, he's the younger brother, right? Uh, he's younger than Jamie Lee Curtis' character? Yes. Okay. All right. No, no, no. no. He, he, he's older. Yeah, they're not. He's older. Oh, he's older. Yeah, they're not. He had, an not. Older, he had an older sister, but that's the one that, that died. Yeah, now. he killed his sister. Yeah. He, well, he killed his older sister. So yeah. um, Jamie Lee Curtis would have been his younger sister. Gotcha. Younger sister. Okay. Okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sad that Halloween is over, and then, you know, now we got to deal with Christmas. <laughs> I, say that. I say that like well, it's a bad thing. I love... So, so real, real quick, um, who who who, who has seen the uh, the Prodigy trailer with the, uh, no. the actress? Was it Taylor Schoen, the, the chick from Orange is New Black? You know what? No. I, I, saw a te- I haven't seen a full trailer for the Prodigy. I saw a teaser trailer. So it didn't show a lot. So is there a full trailer out for that now? Yeah, yeah. No, no, the teaser trailer. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, what what you thought about it? It's got potential. It's probably something that, you know, when it comes out on DVD, I'll probably check it out. Oh, DVD? Okay. Yeah. I'm probably not going to go to the movies and see it. It definitely piqued my my interest. It does look good, though. I I probably will check it out eventually, but I'm not going to go to the movies and check it out. Okay. Okay. So, but um, before we wrap up, did anybody have anything else? Nah, I'll just say, uh, get your ass out there and vote. Get off the internet and stop bitching about what you don't like. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Noah kind of said it best when he was saying like. For the people that insist, like, does it really matter if I vote? Well, you saw what happened the last time you didn't. So, yes, it does. <laughs> you yeah. shall have thought there and vote. Yeah. So I, I, I look at it like this. You know, I, I, I joked about it on Facebook today. If you're a type of person who will stop, uh, basically, like, stop eating Chick-fil-A because of the owner's stance on the LGBTQ community, or you'll take off your Yeezys because Kanye thinks that, Trump is his foster dad, but won't go out and vote. Um, just quietly delete your social media accounts and just go away. Just just fade away. Like you're you're, you're worthless at that point, you know. Because it's it's easy to take a, a 
the best stance you could ever take in a situation like this is to vote. Now, if you don't vote, you can still complain. No one's just going to listen to you, though. <laughs> That's the thing. I can't stop people from complaining that complaining is an American right. But if you don't vote and then you're like, oh, man, this sucks, uh, people are just going to be like, you know what? I, I'm going to go stand over here away from you. Like, that's pretty much how it's going to be. But this is actually, you know, everybody always says that every election is the most important election of their lives. Basically, this is. Because that means that we'll have two more years of Trump being able to push his ridiculous agendas uh, without with no one to stop him. So... And now I will say one thing that according to um, – I know Republicans had a huge jump in early voting, but young people have been registering to vote at a much higher pace than they have in, in years past. So there may be some hope. And, and before we wrap it up, I will say one thing. If Stacey Abrams loses in Georgia, it's because Brian Kemp stole the election. Because when you have Michael B. Jordan and Oprah canvassing for you, going door to door, imagine – Oprah. Yeah. Imagine you open your I door and motherfucking Oprah Winfrey standing there? A billion dollars standing on my door. Are you kidding me right now? Holy Jesus. If Oprah yeah, was choosing Optimus it. Prime, I'd vote for Optimus Prime. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you got Michael B. Jordan Oprah canvassing for you and you lose, it means that Brian Kemp stole the election. And I'm just saying that as a joke. I'm saying that because he never stepped down as Secretary of State, and, he, and he's been purging uh, voters left and right. Even though a federal judge told him that he can't do that anymore, he's going to do it anyway. So we just got to come out there and record numbers. And I have friends who live in Georgia who have been showing me pictures of their early, of their early voting polling places with lines wrapped like beyond the camera's view of people lining up to vote early. So we got our fingers crossed here. So the big three races I'm looking at is Stacey Abrams, Andrew Gillum, Beto O'Rourke. That's the big three. Look, Beto is running for Andrew Senate. Gillum, Andrew Gillum had Obama down there for him. Yo, yeah. Like, this is going to be some bullshit. If, that, if those elections get stolen, it's some bullshit. And that's when All you're right. gonna say. That's where you're gonna have people really say, "Okay, my vote really doesn't matter no, 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 because no, no, they're no, gonna steal it. To say. <laughs> you're, they're gonna steal it no matter what." <laughs> yeah. Well, they just got You know what? It's kind of like playing basketball in the NBA. You have to be ahead by so much that the referees can't possibly steal it from you without being totally obvious. So, mm. in this case, Brian kept doing a preemptive strike on the stealing part. But we'll see what happens. But all right. So Charles, did you have any, any any parting words before we wrap it up? No, 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 no. I mean, um, great to hear you guys as always. Oh, always good to have you on, brother. Always good to have you on. So all right. So this includes another episode of 360 Degrees. You can catch us where you can get uh, most podcasts, including Spotify. Only place you won't see us is iHeartRadio because no one listens to iHeartRadio. All right. Everybody, uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend.
Yeah.